We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. (laughs) This is a house of learning doctors. Follow The Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to The Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to The Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, November 21st. Our last group pod before Thanksgiving. Thank you guys for joining the live stream. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Shout out to everyone that's in the stream right now. We appreciate you. If you're listening to this podcast on your podcast platform of choice, hey, thanks for checking out our show, man. Thank, oh, We really appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Drop that five-star rating. Send it to us on social media, and we will ship you some uncontested stickers. I have a lot going out tomorrow, so uh, join join the crew. <laughs> I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got my boy J.D. Silva along for the ride tonight. I'm thankful for Lou Dort on this Thanksgiving. <laughs> I've also got Taylor Peterson with me. Aren't we all? And, you know, it just, it's kind of coincidental that Nick said he was going to join the podcast, and then, you know, my Chiefs just so happened to beat the Cowboys this evening. And uh, here we are, no Nick. He forgot how to click a link. God bless <laughs> his soul. God bless his soul. So, gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, some people already in the chat, our guy Joseph, who's uh, who's always a frequenter here on the live stream, shout out to Joseph, uh, says he missed us last night. Yeah, unfortunately, Sorry, the contested crew had a lot going on last night, so we were not able <laughs> to drop a post-game show after that that Boston Celtics game. Our apologies. Uh, we pride ourselves on having shows for you guys all the time. So scouts honor won't happen again. We're here tonight. We're here tomorrow night after the Thunder take on the Atlanta Hawks. Taylor will be on that show. Uh, we are here you Wednesday night go in. as you are trying to avoid the extended family on Thanksgiving Eve. Go ahead and watch that Thunder versus, is it Rockets on Wednesday? It might be. I have the uh, Thunder Rockets game Wednesday night. I think it's Rockets. The 
29th? No, no, it's the Jazz. Yeah. It's the Jazz. The jazz. Yeah. There you the, go. The Watch that Jazz game. Team. Avoid your extended family and hang out with the uncontested <laughs> post game. You know you want to. Nothing better. And then Black Friday after you have fought off the mobs for the Tickle Me Elmo for the uh, – <laughs> what, what were those – what was the little pocket pet thing you could get back in the '90s that people lost their shit over? Is on a keychain? Neopets? No, it was on a keychain. No. Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Tamagotchis. After you, after you shank a grandma for a tamagotchi, <laughs> uh, join the uncontested Friday night Black Friday as we go live after the Thunder. Is that one the the Houston Rockets game? The 29th. Yeah. The, there you yeah. go. There yeah. it is. And there the first back to back. Oh, okay, okay. There's Nick. So, Oh, and Nick Crane has there now learned how to click the link. He has joined the stream. Nick, what's up, man? He's mourned. Technology is hard. Loss. That Technology well, you missed, is hard. You, you missed Jacob <laughs> talking about shanking grandmas on Black Friday. So. You haven't missed much. Yeah. Hey. Oh, my. <laughs> when those 50% deals are going on. what's Before we get started tonight, I have to ask you guys, what's the craziest thing you've bought on Black Friday? Ooh. So not the craziest, but I have the biggest thing I bought on uh, Black Friday two years ago. I I got our like, I think it's like a sixty inch, like really nice, like uh, what's not what's what's above Ultra HD four K. I got a very nice TV on a very nice deal with a very nice sound bar. Best purchase I've ever made in my entire life, hands All down. Right. On Black Friday, two there years you go. ago. I've never bought anything crazy, but my Black Friday is catching up on video games like i almost Ooh. never buy them when they first come out but they're all like 25 bucks on black friday so like half off that's there a good, you go it's a good strategy yeah. good call that's a good I've, strategy i've literally worked like the last seven black fridays <laughs> that's true in retail i was working in best buy which is like yeah. the worst place to work black yeah friday. i'm finally out of the college <laughs> retail duo so i can be Fair. free spread my wings and probably just stay at home it's Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something. There is nothing nicer than just sleeping in on Black Friday. I'm not a I'm not a Black Friday shopper by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. I'm an online I've, shopper. I've wanted to just be in the mob one time. I just want I just want to choke slam someone for a tickle me elmo. <laughs> so like, uh, really, really fast. Tell us your craziest Black Friday story. Yeah, fr- uh, from from the crypt of of Best Buy. Yeah, the first one that comes to mind is guy was just so hell-bent on stealing something that he just started, like, like he took whatever the item was and immediately started pepper-spraying employees. Like, oh spray God. and pray. Like, he closed his eyes and just ran around spraying it in front of him. And he, like, <laughs> he caught two of our employees and then just ran out. That's insane. That's, That's a good one. Mind. Yeah, that was a wild, that was a wild time. American consumerism is insane. Yeah. Whatever insane. it takes. Insane. Whatever it takes to get that item. Whatever it takes. Oh my. That was a good I, one. I can't remember any other good Black Friday fads. The Tickle Me Omo, the Tamagotchi. The, I, my most memorable one when I was a kid was the Wii. Yeah, Furbies were the one. Do you guys remember the Furby yep. craze? Yep. I do realize I'm the oldest one on the when, pod. I need Justin yeah. here to be able to relate with me on I re- Furbies. I, I remember Furbies. Um, I, I got you. Beanie Baby phase. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, not. white women I, would beat the shit out of some people for some beanie babies. <laughs> Incredible. All right, uh, let's talk some basketball. Let's talk some basketball. We have a lot to talk about today, guys. As the Thunder played, it feels like half their season schedule last week. It's a busy we, week. We have a lot more games coming up. We are going to compare some Thunder players to Thanksgiving dishes. 
today. And God, God bless Sundays in the NBA. Whenever we do around the association, we are just gifted a, a platter of things to talk about, like Puke Walton and oh, Malice at the Pizza Palace. We yeah. have so much to chat about around the NBA today. Malice at the Pizza Palace is maybe the best <laughs> phrase I've ever heard uttered on a podcast ever. <laughs> and Isaiah Stewart looked insane tonight. So uh, we have a ton to talk about. Let's start with the Thunder Week in review, though. OKC went one and three this week. Losses to the Heat, the Bucks, and the Celtics. The sole win came against the Rockets on a 34-point Lou Dort night, by the way. So, guys, I have some big takeaways that I wanted us to debate about this past week of Thunder basketball. The first one is that over these past four games, Lou against Dort has averaged 22, or sorry, 20 points per game on 40% shooting from three. My question for you, is this a Lou hot streak or is it something more? I think it's I've only left right you all Taylor. speechless. No, I, I think it's we're waiting for Taylor to talk because yeah, this is I, his guy. Which you guys know that yeah. I'm willing to go first. So I was just going to let you all go, get your negativity in before I talk about how Lou Dort is the uh, greatest basketball player to play since Michael Jordan. <laughs> I I think I think it's kind of in the middle of being a hot streak or like actually what he can produce. So he had the kind of slow start, especially from three. Don't think that is anywhere near as, as bad as he could be. Um, but I also don't think this recent hot streak is something that's sustainable. So if you like, yeah, I don't think he's a 40% three point shooter either. Right? No, but, but I think if you You take it right now, if, if you take his current season averages, which is kind of the, the mush of the hot streak and the slow start, I think that like his current averages are probably actually the kind of player he is. Like if you were a box score watcher and didn't watch the Thunder all year and went and looked at Lou Dort's stats, like I think that's actually who he is. Fair. So right now, 15 games into the season, Lou is averaging 16.6 points. He's shooting 30% from three. I think that's a little low. Uh, He is averaging four and a half rebounds, two assists, and one steal. Seems right. Maybe you're right. Maybe a little bit higher. Numbers are pretty spot on, but I think the three point percentage will continue to climb. You hope. Well, I, I hope, yes. But I, I also think <laughs> when it's all said and done, I think it probably levels out somewhere closer to 35%. What did he shoot last year? He was 34-something, but I don't have it memorized. 34.3% last year on 6.3 attempts a game. He's at seven <laughs> attempts this year at 30%. So I bet he'll end right around last year, around that 34 35% range. Yeah, that sounds right. I think so, it's also important to note that This week, he had 20 points per game. He had the 34-point explosion. But in those games, who who did I mention they played? The Heat, uh, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Rockets. Against the Celtics, he guarded Jason Tatum. The Rockets, he guarded Jalen Green. The Bucks, he guarded uh, Middleton. And I can't remember who he checked on the Heat because everyone was out for the Heat that night. But, I mean, (laughs) posting like solid offensive numbers while taking on the most important defensive assignment regardless of position each night. I, do I was going to his... mention that. And I think you also have to take into consideration, um, you know, we'll get into SGA. I know you'll, we, we have this on our doc, but the fact that SGA and Gary are getting so much uh, defensive attention, especially when they're driving to the rim, 
Dort is essentially the one player who's making these uh, opposing defensive pay, which is important. Um, I think there's a lot to take from Dort's recent play, but also, you know, <laughs> when the Thunder have other players who are able to make outside shots and able to expand the floor for SGA and Giddy, Dort's not going to have this kind of offensive low that he's had recently. So you have to take all of it into consideration, right? Like, I think he's going to continue to be able to produce. It's great to see him do what he's been able to do when SGA and Giddy have had uh, more defensive attention. But moving forward, when we have another player who is able to knock down outside shots, that's going to open up the floor even more for guys like uh, like Lou Dort, for example. So um, all that to say, I, I think what he's shown is real. But, like, defenses don't really care <laughs> because if Lou Dort's going to do, like, for example, what was it, five? I don't think it was six straight games of 20-plus points. Opposing defenses are going to give us that because they don't want that, – that means Shea's not driving to the rim and having 20-plus points, or Giddy's not driving to the rim and having 20-plus points, right? Oh, that's yeah. fair. I think one thing to consider going back to the three-point shooting, If I'm sure there's a website out here that has this calculated. But if you looked at Lou Dort's average distance from three-point attempts last season i think this season he's he's shooting deeper which inherently should make his percentage drop unless he's just steph curry because he's he's shooting deeper more difficult three-point attempts this year yep definitely and it feels like especially recently he's taking more self-created and off the dribble threes versus just pure catch and shoot yeah i would imagine his catch and shoot percentage is probably closer to what it was last year but his overall percentage is down because he's taking more difficult shots yeah like he took one against boston last night where he, like he got an offensive rebound dribbled it out turned around and pulled up which is like it kind of caught me by surprise because it was very uncharacteristically lou right you know yeah and that's well, you, don't, you don't you don't want to be robertson you. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so this makes me want to ask nick uh because you're the one that i that I love chatting with this because we always bring it up. And, and I think you and I are fall on different spots on the coin with this one. If this, if this past week is not a trend with Lou Dort, and this is just kind of who he is, if he's going to shoot high thirties from three, 30 percentage from three average close to 20 points a game and be the defender. We know he is. Has your stance shifted on at all on how much he gets paid. And if you keep him, no, I'm still firm on not a penny more than Gary Trent Jr. Um, the the only reason, even if even if 20 a game, like, like you mentioned, this is hot streak or whatever is actually real. It's not sustainable as the Thunder rebuild and he goes down the roster in terms of how many shot attempts he gets because you can't score 20 points without shooting. You know, I think he's shooting probably 14 shots a game over this exactly. span, if not more. And he's not going to get 14 shots on a championship team, probably. So you can't pay a guy based on what he's doing today. You got to pay him based on what he's going to do on the road. I agree with that. Um, now, the the defense. You agree with me? I you wouldn't pay Lou Dort? What? What? <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't pay Lou Dort. I'm saying like the Gary Trent Jr., uh, a little less than the Michael Bridges contract, right? I think it's fair because to your point, Nick, I agree completely. Lou Dort's not going to be getting these amount of shot attempts up when the Thunder have that other, whatever you want to call it, the 1B player, the 1A player, um, even just bringing in another score on this on this team. Um, shoot, I even think not only that kind of creator, but you know, let, let's say they draft a Paulo, for example, right? And then they're probably going to go and 
and find, if they can't draft one, they'll try and find like a, a three point spacer. If they're able to do that, like and find a shooter on the offensive end of the floor, Lou Dort's not going to get those those attempts. But I think he's still worth paying because of his two way versatility. I'm just not saying you should pay him more than to your point, Nick, like in Michael Bridges. That's a pretty expensive contract. Yep. I think it's gonna be an interesting case study with Lou because I think the Thunder are still a couple of years away from really being at the spot right. where they want to spend money and compete. Do they spend the they've already spent the money on Shea? Do you spend the money on Lou and kind of handicap yourself as far as your long term flexibility, your, your clean cap sheet? Um, but it also you, feels like Lou is if you get rid of him, you're then trying to find a guy that's like Lou that can be your defensive right. stopper. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting conundrum on. Uh, Presti's team building philosophy and how and do he wants you reward to him, this. right? We, we know how Presti has these, these relationships with these, um, uh, these agencies and these agents. Do you reward him for taking on that, right? That, uh, essentially a two way contract early on. And then like a very low <laughs> contract originally after that too. Yeah. Uh, as, it almost feels like they need to pay Lou 20 mil a year to compensate to for the past two and a half years right. where he's made 2 million total. Exactly. No, Presti I, I has a relationship with that. I don't know. He he made what one one and a half mil, two mil last year, which is dollar for dollar the best contract Presti. in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> is that a hot take? No, because I don't feel I don't like it's so. a hot take. It's got to be right up there with the dollar for dollar best contract in the NBA. If you exclude like the initial rookie scale deals, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That that's fair. I think that's fair. Thought about guys like Lamelo who are just insane yeah. already. Yeah, or Luca on still on right. his rookie contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. fair. That's one hundred percent fair. But yeah, okay. Next guy, Let, let's take the other side of the coin here. And Silva, I want to start with you on this one since you didn't have a whole lot to say about Lou there. <laughs> past past week, four games. Shea averaging fourteen points, five rebounds, five assists, shooting twenty seven percent from the field, twenty two percent from three. 75% from the free throw line. We got a cause for concern here? I don't think so. I, I'm not concerned, no. I, like I, I expected him to struggle at times this season with all the offense, with all the defensive attention he's going to get every single night. Like he's, he is the focus for the, for the defense every night. And I think when we started this season, I think he struggled for a couple games, and then he's, he was awesome in the stretch where, you know, the, the, in the I'm him stretch. And we're only we're only like 17 games into the season, I think, at this point. So um, I expect this this will not be a long term issue. Um, it'll get easier the more comfortable he gets navigating double teams, and not a lot of times. I just think he looks rushed, like his shots look rushed. He takes bad. He's been taking some bad shots early in the shot clock, uh, specifically in that in our last game, not Boston, the game before that against the, the Bucks, Milwaukee. Yep. Yeah, that our yep. offense kind of sputtered a lot whenever he came back in because he felt like oh i have to take over i have to do this even though we were already doing fine <clears throat> so yeah uh i don't think this is going to be a long-term issue for shea i think he's just kind of sorting out being a true number one option and who knows in the future once we start you know really shooting for the playoffs again i don't even know if he's gonna have to be the number one option on this team depending on who we who we acquire down the road so uh, i think this is just gonna be a nice growing experience for shea yeah, I've I've felt a lot like I'm interested if you guys have the same opinion here. I've felt a lot like uh Shea is forcing a lot. 
Um, I feel like he is trying to play a lot of isolation basketball. There are even times where he'll get off the ball, um, be, be off ball while maybe Josh is handling and then he'll catch a pass. And instead of catching it and shooting it in rhythm, he like pauses for a second and pulls it out and wants to ISO once more. Yep. And it feels like he's almost getting like out of the rhythm of the offense and trying to trying to go one-on-one and, and playing in a crowd too much versus finding easy buckets, cutting off of other guys, um, playing off the ball, catching and shooting. Uh, it just, it feels like a lot of stuff with Shea right now is very forced. I agree with that. And look, like we mentioned this before, Shea has never been a great catch and shoot three point shooter, <laughs> right? Like his, his three point shot where he's had su- success is being able to, um, to your point, Jacob, in isolation, being able to create separation himself off the dribble, whether it's a side step or a step back three point shot and being able to create his own three point shot going. But like he, he's been trying to do that over this stretch. But I think the biggest thing is like, and I think he mentioned this. I want to say it was after the Bucks game um, and his uh, media availability, but he has two or three guys, often three guys, <laughs> um, coming after him when he's driving to the rim at all times. And they know that they're going to let, for example, Lou Dort shoot from outside to only 30, whatever it is, percent from three that you mentioned earlier. They're going to let Baisley um, either shoot from three or hesitate and then try and drive and make a move. Like there's nobody to punish um, these teams from outside, except maybe Mascala, who rested against the uh, Celtics on the second night of a back-to-back, or um, JRE, who is maybe the one other player who can make these defensives um, actually like guard him and, and expand the defense and and have defenders come out and, and guard his three-point shot and respect him for that. I I, I think another year from now. Another two years from now, when we're like we're bringing in these shooters, I think around guys like Giddy and SGA, that's going to help a ton. I'm um, not just for Shea, but also for Giddy. But like for this season, I don't know. I, I I'm curious what you guys think. What is the answer? Like, what can Shea do to create more shots and opportunities for him when these defenses have two or three guys coming at him at once? He doesn't really have players that can help him out this season. Almost, I, I dare to say, by design, right? I think, so, you know how sometimes, like, especially with good teams, there will be a stretch of adversity throughout the year where a good player is out for a stretch of time and other guys have to step up and it's like a new role for them. It's a learning experience and it ultimately ends up paying off for the team. Yep. I think you got to think about this in a similar way. Does it really matter if they figures out a way to score on a triple team this year? No. Does it matter yep. if his scoring numbers drop? No. But three years from now, when maybe he's a, a 1B or a 2 option, that's naturally going to go away. You can't triple team Shea whenever he's not the best player, but he's going to have the experience of going through an entire year, year and a half, two years of being that guy. And I think that these struggles and, and this adversity is going to ultimately pay off, and that's why I'm not concerned about it in the present moment. Growing pains. Nick, you just described Devin Booker. Yeah. It's a good point. You know, you just, that that's Very immediately when he started talking, that's what I thought. That's Devin Booker played on a shit Suns team for a long time, struggled, had defenses thrown at him all the time. And then now when he's got release valves and he's got a Chris Paul next to him and he's got a, a Mikael Bridges that can finish plays and a Cam Johnson who can stretch the floor. He, he's got more of that freedom and he's got all of those moves and everything in his bag and he's able to attack. Yeah. I, I, 
I think you're totally spot on there. I think Shea learned some of that last year as well. And this is where I think a lot of that stuff that he learned from Chris starts to come and play, right? Some of those like big picture ideas as well. So I'm not super worried about Shea. I would just like to see him play a little more within the flow rather than forcing so much, um, especially playing off the ball and catching and attacking off ball um, whenever defenses aren't completely geared up on him. Maybe. They found a little something with Josh Giddy hitting, what was it, four or six threes last yeah. night against yeah. the Boston Celtics. That Maybe that can be a little bit of a soften up the middle of that defense a little bit for him. That'd be nice as well. But I so, think like finding that other creator, that um, that shot creator, shot maker, is going to help out Josh yeah, Giddy. Not, not, not as much the creator as the shot maker. And shot maker. Right. I'm, hey, I could be way off on this, okay? I'm just throwing shit at the wall and trying to see what sticks. They might already have that guy in Trey Mann. Ooh. I mean, the dude, the dude can Ooh. make shots. He's he's with the G League right now, nursing that that sprained ankle, but he's played 30 minutes a game the past two G League games and scored 15 points each game on efficient shooting. I'm kind of excited to see some lineups that have Shea and Giddy and Trey all in the lineup. Trey's going to help a ton, but I think long term he's going to be more of that six man. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's kind of hit the, the idea for him is have but him if you're be talking the, the this season. Counter. I'm with you, I but if he's point. out there with Shea and he can be right. that release valve, that right. works. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Agreed, Paul George. Absolutely. All right, last one, and I'll kick us off on this one because I I have some thoughts. I got to get off my chest. This is your segment, you... <laughs> Darius Baisley. This past week, it has been very, very not good. He had a stretch oh, of shit. Here we go again. <laughs> we had that stretch of like five games where Baisley looked incredible. I said he had the best game of his career against the Lakers. And then the roller coaster has gone back down the other end, capping off last night against the Celtics, a one of 11 performance where he had multiple layups where he just smoked them, just flat out missed them. He had very errant three-point shots that were banging off the backboard and not hitting rim. He had at least two drives that I counted where he caught the ball, and I just knew he was going to put it on the deck and drive, and it ended up just awful. One of them was like an across-the-lane lefty floater that missed everything. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, I have a bit of a prediction to make here tonight. Oh, here we go. And and I I <laughs> I've kind of alluded to it to you guys. I think maybe by as early as the turn of the new year, uh, we should be expecting a Darius Baisley trade that looks very similar to the Hamadou Diallo trade of last year, where they get off a guy for a second round pick or two. Uh, a player that is not in the long-term plans and is just going to ride out the rest of the season. And the reason I think that is because Baisley is up for a contract extension next summer. We know Sam Presti never lets guys make it to restricted free agency. He always extends or trades. The lone exception was Ennis Cantor, uh, who was acquired before he had the opportunity to do that. Um, Are they ready to pay Darius Baisley? Um, whatever he wants, even if it's like $10 million a year. Are they ready to pony up cash for Darius Baisley when you have a total over the next two years of 10 draft picks that you're going to bring in? Out of 10 draft picks, the way the, the league is set up, we've got to assume three, four, five of those are going to be wings that could play the four. And so do you want to pay Darius Baisley $10 million <laughs> a year and have to play him minutes because you right. paid him? Or are you going to try to move off of him and bring in more young guys that have talent and are on more uh, cheaper and more team-friendly deals that you have a longer look at? Because to me, like logically, it just doesn't make sense to keep Darius Baisley around when you can go get another guy that plays the wing in the 20s in the draft and try them out. Because like Darius isn't the... Darius isn't a piece that gets this team where you want to go. And maybe he maybe he can develop into that, but I don't have faith in that right. anymore. And I think to your point, Jacob, like the thing that I keep thinking about, and don't take this as a counterpoint <laughs> because I agree with you. Uh, I'm just thinking from a Thunder standpoint, they see these things like, for example, let's take a, a recent example, Baisley having four blocks. Was it four blocks against the Bucks or blocking uh, Giannis like two or three times, whatever he did, right? Um, also leading the lead or leading the team rebounds that game. Um, I think he led the team in assists one of these past two games. Like he keeps doing these other things that show up in the stat seat stat sheet that I'm just um I don't know, he keeps doing things that make you wanting more. Now that worries me as a fan. Because it almost feels like the Thunder are just personally invested in this player, right? Yeah. This well, kid who didn't go to college. We keep talking about it, right? The New Balance internship. Um, it almost feels like Presti and Dignall personally want this kid to succeed, which I, I understand. But to your point, Jacob, when you have guys like, you know, it, it completely depends on where the Thunder end up picking in this draft. But there could be a prospect they they pick in this draft that could be playing the same exact position and roll as Darius Baisley. And I much would rather see Baisley yeah. come off the bench for this team. And and Baisley's like his defense has been better. 
I will yes, admit that. Absolutely. Uh, blocking shots has been a thing that he's really focused on. He's rebounding better. But the but consistency I, on both ends of the floor is just it's not consistent. Yeah. <laughs> for like, lack of a better term, right? What what would this is gonna be uh, this one might light a fire under some people. I don't know. Uh-oh. Would the team's record be any different if Poku had started at four the whole year? Not by a whole lot. Like Darius Baisley and Poku, are, neither of them are. I mean, Baisley is maybe a reason why they won team. one of those Lakers games, the way he defended and the way he played. But I mean, if, if Poku played the same minutes that Baisley played last night, I'm not sure he's not more productive. Yeah. There's probably more mistakes, but it, it's. I mean, it. He might give you more of the offensive end. Of the I floor just, than I just look at There's going to be roster the turnover. There's going to be a lot of roster turnover because of all the draft picks they have and all the young guys they have to evaluate. And of course, there's going to be consolidation trades. But some guys are going to get rotated out because that's the way a rebuild goes when you have literally half the league's picks for the next decade. And Darius Baisley is just a guy that I think needs to get rotated out. I just, I've talked about this before. Not the long-term starter. And I think that we we get caught up because we're trying to evaluate him as a starter. And he's not. That's a fair point. It's it's not a we've mentioned like what if like a Paolo's there or what if someone's there in the draft that could take his position. A Darius Bay is not going to hold them back from taking that player. And and B, I don't think the Thunder front office thinks Darius is the the long term starting four. And so I'm not saying he's not going to get traded away, but I don't think they view him as a starter anyway. So if they think they could re-sign him at a reasonable bench rate. I think they're going to re-sign him in a heartbeat. Nick, let me ask you this. Come turn of the year, uh, 2022, is Darius Baisley still starting at the four for the Thunder? Yeah. You think so? You think he's starting at the four at the end of the season? Uh, yeah. I think uh, interesting. The, like Taylor talked about the investment, and it you, you hear it every every game. You know, He's asking for these defensive assignments. He's asking for these new roles. Yes, he's up and down, but I just... I, thought, much, I, I mean, I can ask for a million dollars, too. Doesn't mean I deserve it, though, right? Yeah, yeah I keep but, thinking about that, too, though, right? Like, I don't know. You, <laughs> as Thunder fans, you see one end of the spectrum that say, you know, like... Yeah, there, there's so much behind the scenes that we don't know about. Correct. You know? But you think of, like, it, you know, you have the Thunder fans that think, oh, we'll draft uh, Apollo this, this upcoming draft, and we'll be contending for a championship again. Then you have the like other end of the spectrum that honestly some of the Thunder media fall on. That's like, well, no, this is going to be a three, four year process. Like, listen to Sam Presti. And I just, I see quotes that like say, uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander made two nights ago, right? Like the disappointment and the losing, but understanding the situation. I don't know. I just think it's going to be somewhere in between. And I don't know if you can wait for like a, uh, uh, What's his name? Victor. Wembenyana. Yeah, Wembenyana. Um, I don't know if you can like wait for it. Cause you draft him two seasons from now, then you have to wait for him to develop. I just you're taking the uh, short. I don't know. I'm That's curious, right? Right. So, so what happened? Right. So, what happens to Shea? What happens to your point, Nick? Like a Basley. Um, maybe all this is simply just to see what he is capable of this season. And then they make a decision when it comes to his contract. And it's not so much what I was saying, like his their investment in him long term, as much as it is seeing if they should pay him that contract um, at the end of the season. Yeah, we'll see. I 
Nick, I'm going to go on record and I'm going to say Darius Baisley is not the starting power forward by the end of the season. Uh, I have a hard time seeing them supplant him for somebody already on roster. Uh, like I, I would be, I would be very shocked at this point if they decided to bench him for Poku, for instance, um, especially because they've been having Poku guard guards a lot instead of wings, which I find kind of interesting. Um, I think it would have to be some sort of trade either where they brought somebody in that's better at the four or a trade that obviously got rid of Baisley. But I'm going to go on record. I'm going to say I don't. I do not think Darius Baisley is the starting power forward for the Thunder by the end of the year. Uh, and injuries do not count. Hey, injuries I will say this: I think JRE is a long-term power forward and not a center for this team. Oh, interesting. Um, See, I just think he's a. I just, I'm I'm on record with that too. He's he's a ten-year bench big yes. for this team. Four yes. or five doesn't matter. He's yep. the Nick Collison. I feel very firmly uh, about that. Okay, uh, I think that's enough for wrapping up this past week. Unless there's any other players you guys want to touch on real quick. I know there's a handful of them out Honor- there. Honorable mentions, no diving into them if you guys don't want to. But like JRE, I think was fantastic. And yeah. we cannot, uh, I think, move on without just saying that Josh Giddy made a huge impact in both of these games against two elite teams in the East, um, even if it wasn't from his scoring. Again, I think finding that score, like I mentioned to you all, whether it comes from trade, whether it comes from the draft, I think it will come probably from the draft. But JR, uh, uh, not JR, sorry, um, Giddy was fantastic on just crashing the boards, being aggressive, um, just really, really impressive. Yeah, I'm curious your guys' thoughts on those two guys. My thoughts on I'll I'll go with JR. I'll I'll talk about him. Um, things change very quick. I think if you're listening to this podcast a year ago, and probably not a year ago. If you're listening to this podcast halfway through last season, we're talking about, oh, wow, Teo starting point guard with Shea out. Like, is he actually good, good out of the rotation? Isaiah Roby was playing that off night starting center in, in the absence of Horford when he was resting. Like, wow, is Roby a guy out of the rotation? Mm-hmm. I just, it's early. I, I don't disagree with Jacob that Jerry could be the 10 year backup center because he the fundamentals are there. He just is a Thunder guy, but things change so dang quick. I totally, Nick, you hit the nail on the head there. Totally. Uh, I'll, I'll touch on Josh Giddy real fast. Um, the, the shooting burst against Boston was very nice. Uh, I think that's more of a blip on the radar than a, like a turning of the corner, but his assist numbers have been low this past week, but looking at them almost feels like a box score mishap. Yes. The, the amount of plays 100%. he creates uh, do not add up to the number of assists he gets on a box score. Silva, what was that stat you sent us in the um, in the Slack about uh, Giddy's potential assists? Yeah, <laughs> potential yeah assists he, had, uh, he registered uh, 15 potential assists, but only oh. in a game where he only got four actual assists. Goodness. Yeah, the, just his ability to make the correct read every time. I like how more aggressive he's been trying to score the ball. Well, I think he is still struggling to find that balance. I still think he drives almost every time to play make rather than to score the ball. And I think whenever he finds the right balance there, um, he'll be really good. And if he can end up being a 37% three point shooter on decent volume, three or four attempts a game, uh, we're talking like all-star level type of player, I think. Yeah. 
uh, and his future. So, or very close to it, especially like I said, when you add that other caliber player, yeah, looks like Jay and Giddy, that's going to open the floor for very much so. I'm just ready for the inevitable. Uh, Darius Baisley is so bad that he helps this team tank to Paulo, who is his replacement. Uh, the <laughs> irony of that story just, uh, I find amusing. Okay, gentlemen, let's move on. Um, per uh, Thanksgiving week tradition, uh, if you're a sports podcast and you're recording a show Thanksgiving week, you got to do a Thanksgiving segment, right? I don't know if Silva has some sort of turkey sounder for us. <laughs> no, no. If I could make a turkey noise, I'd do that for you, but I can't do that. Oh, well, you already brought it up, so let's hear it. Just what, what do they gobble? Yeah. I'm not going to gobble. Give us a gobble, buddy. Come I'm on. I'm going to gobble on the. <laughs> what? Let's see what I have here. Yeah, no, no. How about. You all better repent! That's all you get. That's a Black Friday shopping in Walmart. <laughs> Sounds right. 100%. There. So we are going to compare Thunder players to Thanksgiving sides, Thanksgiving dishes. Uh, before we do this, though, we everyone's got to get on the record. Silva, what's your go to Thanksgiving dish? Mm. Maybe controversial broccoli cheese casserole. Ew. Okay. Yep. There Gross. it is. It was face Nick has is Nick. Nick, what is that? That's mine. Yes. Oh, what? Okay. So is yours? Is yours? It's like broccoli cheese, but there's rice in there too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's my brother's move as well. He he yeah, gets his own separate container. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh. Taylor, what's yours? So, like, I mean, obviously, I love my ham and my rolls. But the biggest thing is, um, starting, like, two generations ago, my great-grandmother on my mom's side um, started to make these, like, homemade noodles that have, like, a gravy with them. We would use that for the gravy on top of the um, – I mean, we would have gravy, too. But typically, we'd use that for the gravy on top of the hot – or the uh, potatoes, the ham, the uh, turkey – so the the homemade noodles, okay. That my great grandmother made. It's my nice, go-to. nice. I'm going with the classic mashed potatoes, man. Can't beat them. Give me some mashed potatoes and gravy. Do you guys have have mac and cheese at Thanksgiving? God, I hope so. Occasionally, my family never so. does. My family never does. We'll do it on occasion. It's kind of disappointing. I also feel yeah. like, never mind. I'm not going to say that one. We'll uh, <laughs> oh, we'll okay. save that for we'll save that for <laughs> off the pod. So, Thunder players. As Thanksgiving dishes, I'll get us started. Shea Gilgis Alexander is the turkey. He's the main dish. Easy. You gotta easy, have easy. it. Yep. Regardless of what your Thanksgiving plate looks like, it's gonna have some turkey on there. You always gotta have some Shea in your lineup. Hey, if we have some turkey, Jacob, you need some gravy. And Josh Giddy, who is drafted in this previous draft, is that gravy. He makes every saying- other dish better. I'm not saying he's going to be the ham, the other side dish, the 1B to the 1A, but he's the grave that goes on top of just about all of it. And that's I my like it. Kidding. I like it. <laughs> all right. We're going for it. Alexei Pokushevsky is just a can of cranberry sauce. Oh, get oh. out of here. He's, yeah. on, he's on the table. He, in theory, he could fit with a lot of things, but I personally don't know how it always fits with my turkey. Like, what what do you use cranberry sauce for? I don't know. But it's, if I ever do decide to take the plunge and try cranberry sauce, maybe it'll be good. It's sweet. It's enjoyable, but you don't really, it doesn't really fit with the rest of the plate. I get you. I like that, Silva. 
See, I had I, also... I had Darius Basie as my cranberry sauce because it's just not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had I had Poku as a canned item as well. A can okay. of beer. He makes things <laughs> a lot. He he makes a lot of things fun. But outside of that, you don't really know what you're getting. He doesn't provide much. Substance. Some empty calories. Yeah, I, I like that. He's just the I like that attention at the dinner table. <laughs> yep. All right, I've got. He, he makes your uh, your family interaction more enjoyable. Yes, there <laughs> it's you fun go. To talk about. Maybe it's better because it's from Europe. Oh, okay. there you go. Maybe maybe he's a Stella. <laughs> What's a? I, I'm going with. Uh, well, God, I guess this one. Could, I was going to say Ty Jerome is my cranberry sauce because the dude's just got sauce. He's got sauce all over the court. But I mean, that's, uh, like a brown, used, that's a brown gravy. Yeah, we could go like some brown the, gravy because not the white kinda, gravy, but the brown. It's kind of saucy. It's kind of yeah. saucy. I like Ty Jerome as the rolls, like the buttered rolls. Oh, see, okay. I got one. I got one for the buttered rolls. You go ahead, you Silva. Though I want to hear yours. Okay, okay, okay. So I got Lou Dort as the rolls. Right, he's okay. a necessity for every Thanksgiving dish. He's a necessity for every uh, championship contender. But he's a little sweet right now. We don't have again that one B to the Shea, which is the turkey. We don't have the ham, right? He's not going to like complete the meal, but you need him for a full championship Thanksgiving dish. This makes me so curious about who your ham is, Taylor. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I the ham Victor is Paulo Bancaro. The yeah. Paulo is a ham. Maybe the Chet is a ham. I don't know. Maybe he's, he's a, a ham young shortage. ham. Chet needs a ham. <laughs> I've got another one. We'll see. All right, yeah. let's hear it, Nick. Gabriel Deck is the dish whenever you're going through the line and you think, who the hell brought this? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I like that. I like that. That is spot on. Uh, Trey Mann is... Uh, is is a dessert he's like one of the he's like your uh your pecan pie i like that mm, yeah he's sweet he he's got a lot of things that you really like but you just don't know if you have enough left over to take the plunge there's maybe just a little too many guards on this team I like but it that. looks so good i want that slice of pecan pie they got to yep. find a way to get that on the plate man well done well done um you mentioned potatoes jacob jre is my potatoes he is the meat and the potatoes. He's the fundamentals. You need a mashed potatoes on this team. That's JRE long term. I like that. I really like Taylor's one about Giddy being the gravy, just because it makes yeah. every dish oh, better. That was so good. <laughs> that's a that's a solid one. Any other? I want to say, say Michael Stella. The like JRE the, and the Giddy, and they're they're yeah. like they're um. Uh, they go the to the same draft the class. They go together. Yeah. The chemistry this year is the yeah the mashed potatoes and the gravy. I like it. Who's who do we have for our uh, our sweet potato? Sweet potato, mm. that's tough. And we haven't Oof. got Mike Muscala on the menu yet. I feel like we really need to work why. him. He's I, a I vet. Him in as like a deviled oh, egg. The vet, <laughs> and he's playing very well down low uh, on both ends of the floor. He's the stuffing. I don't know how the hell you just <laughs> tied those two things together. I. He's just, he's just a staple. Is he like? I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna switch guys here. Coldslaw. Coldslaw. I think that's, I think that's Derek Favors. 
What some people like, oh, okay. Some people there, like it. It never really does well. It. It's it it gets half eaten and it's like it's not some that people have it because some, some people, people like it. You, some people you like forget it. it's, it's there half the time. Yeah. yeah. It's like almost the Gabby Deck dish. Yeah. Right. Shout out and, to and a, some Eddie families. But what about the green bean casserole? What do you guys think? Is that a muscala? You know, like it, it's really good, but not everybody has one. I'm a, I personally I avoid the green bean casserole. Same. I'm, I'm anti GBC. I kind of like it. I'm not like all aboard like some people are, but I like it. I'll get I it. I guess it would fit because I feel like all white families have a green bean casserole. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and Mike Muscala is maybe the whitest guy on the team. Fair. Shout out to Bob, my loyal follower who retweets all my <laughs> tweets. Good guy, Bob. Robert Muscala. All right, we have any other side dishes for Thanksgiving? I got to ask you guys, how do you make your turkey on Thanksgiving? Are you guys like a roast it? Do you, do you fry it? Are you popping that bad boy in the smoker? I you just show buying up and it, eat it. You just buying it pre-made from the store? I just show up and it's there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. I haven't reached the stage of my I have life not where yet I'm making a whole yeah. ass turkey. Yeah. But if I were to make the turkey, uh, it would be smoked. I'm making a smoked turkey on, on Wednesday. My man. Good Nick, idea. do you have a preference on turkey? I don't like turkey. I, I like ham. I don't even Me touch turkey. Me too. But I'm with you. A friend's giving today, and they did both smoked and fried. Oh, like well one turkey cooked, fried, no, and smoked, or two they, separate turkeys? They, they got one turkey they took the breasts off and smoked that on a green egg and then took the remainder of the turkey Ooh. and dipped it in one of those pots of like boiling uh-huh. whatever and then and dipped it in and fried it well very done. good all and didn't burn that. their house down apparently so that's good <laughs> Did not. Oh, you always got it outside there you go it's uh, always a good plan go. always a good I like plan. that I have, idea i think i'm with you on the on your ham that preference there especially with the uh the caucasian side of my family i have to like avoid <laughs> the white meat turkey or i feel like it's so damn dry. Yeah. Like borderline giving me radiation poison. <laughs> Look, I love my family, but the food at Thanksgiving is whiter than the people. And I'm like, bro, we fought wars for spice. You can yeah. use it. It's okay. I give you permission. All right. Silva, it is time for you to take us on a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> lots of stuff around the association gentlemen let's start with the malice at the pizza palace lakers versus pistons tonight sunday november 21st during a routine free throw Isaiah Stewart attempts to box out LeBron James, who tries to, it looks like, slap Isaiah's arm out of the way very forcefully and hits Isaiah right in the eye. Profuse amount of bleeding all over his eye, his nose, his lips. Isaiah steps to LeBron. Everyone gets in, splits it up. Isaiah comes back. They split it up again. They get my guy to the tunnel, and he breaks out like a wild animal. (laughs) Charges down the court, is barreling over people. Cade Cunningham is laying on his back as Isaiah Stewart again tries to fight. They finally corral him, get him into the tunnel, 
and he runs into the tunnel looking like he's going to make a loop and come around the other side. This was not your typical hold me back because I want to swing. I want to put on a show. He was going to kill that. Beef Stew wanted all of the smoke. We have screenshots of Russell Westbrook squaring up like the Irishman from Notre Dame. (laughs) He was bad about it. Wild stuff in Detroit. The favorite tweet I saw was Jason Concepcion compare uh, Isaiah Stewart to the Winter Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Completely unhinged. That That is true. So, Nick. Give me an over-under for how many games Isaiah Stewart will be suspended. Mm. I'm going to go with five and a half. Oh, that's a, I'm taking the under. Ooh. Really? Is that, is that high? I feel like that's high. I was going to say five too. I mean, yeah, it was, I was thinking like, for like, I was thinking three. That wasn't your average thing. Yeah, but like, one of the think worst. of like Morris and like Jokic, who like each got suspended like two games and one games. NBA, I, they don't want their, their I don't know. I, I, but it I was, think he'll but be it was, one. But who was he going after? Yeah. He was LeBron. going after that. He was that going after wish, point of contention. I wish yeah. he would have put LeBron in so, a chokehold and just, just how many, went to town. How space. many games does LeBron get? <laughs> Zero. LeBron, if I put zero. the over under for Nick's LeBron point, at one and a half. To Nick's point, zero. I'm going under. He won't miss a damn yeah, thing. Probably zero. He's missed wow. enough re- he's missed enough recently with his uh you know, his his little boo-boo that he had. I think my favorite Breaking tweet was LeBron. there was someone was surprised Anthony Davis didn't get injured during the shoving. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, I think LeBron yeah. gets two, and I think Isaiah Stewart gets three. Okay. I don't think Russ will get one, even though Russ tried to square up. Well, of course um, he did. That was and then, and then the, the Lakers come back from a 20-point deficit to win the game. Hey, good for them. It's about time they won a game. Yeah, I, I've tweeted. I said, if Isaiah Stewart got his hands on someone, that would have been the second ass-whooping that the Lakers took tonight. <laughs> Apparently, I was wrong. The Lakers, we could do a whole podcast over that. Oh, my um, God. The Lakers are a shit show. If you made me pick right now between – Lakers in the Western Conference Finals or Lakers miss the playoffs. I think I'm going miss the playoffs. Wow. I, I think mean, I'm, I'm thinking about dude, they look bad. I'm they with look you. bad. They look bad. They'll make the playoffs. So oh, let, let's round table it right now. More likely to happen. Lakers in the Western Conference Finals or Lakers miss the playoffs, Silva. Oh, that's tough. That's that's <laughs> tough. But that is I tough. I would say I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to make the West Conference Finals. So you got to choose one. Shit yeah. or get off the pot, buddy. Which right. one is it? I'm shitting right now. I'm shitting right now. Miss the playoffs. Okay. More likely to miss, the playoffs. miss the playoffs, or they're in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> if you Western don't make us okay, you make sounders of all of us. If you don't make a sounder of uh, shitting on the pot, shitting on the pot, <laughs> or I'm shitting right now. <laughs> Nick going Western Conference Finals. I like it. Taylor, are you going Western Conference Finals or miss the playoffs for the Lakers? Western Conference Finals. I, okay. Uh, I will live and die by the West Wreck, which will kill me. Dude, Jacob, I, I am uh, ready to die. Have you watched? <laughs> have you watched LeBron James in the past twenty years? I know. He'll turn it on. I know. I know. Have you watched Tom Brady? It's it's all the same. It's it just yes, it happens. Exactly. The, the exactly. Patriots hey. every year, nah. The Cavs every I, uh, year, nah. I got the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, y'all. I just wanted one on record on November twenty first. I've got the dubs. Clay in the coming back and like 
I yeah, guess. he's back to yeah. practicing. A month, which seems like later than if he's doing five on five practices. Yeah, like, there's um, hey, they have they have the runway though. Yeah, They're good. Yeah, right, exactly. Next up, we gotta talk about Puke Walton. Puke, puke for the Luke. Luke Walton gets fired today. Um, the league just all at the same time saying, huh? If you're going to fire him 15 games in the season, why don't you fire him in July and run a full-on coaching search? But Kangs are going to Kangs. This comes after the Kings lost to the Utah Jazz last night as a fan sitting courtside, projectile vomits on the sideline and just kind of sits there chilling. Have you guys watched the video? I watched oh, it too uh, many unfortunately, times. Unfortunately, yes. Too many times. I will uh, not watch it again. But that yes, it was, was a awful. lot of vomit. It was a lot. A lot of vomit. So, Nick, before we talk about the Kings aspect, I got to ask you, besides courtside at an NBA game, where's the worst place you can puke at? <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh boy, I have one. How about how about on an airplane running to the bathroom? Because there's so many people in close proximity that you're guaranteed to spew on a lot of people at one time. Hey, my fiance threw, or she was my fiance at the time, now my wife. Um, <laughs> my threw, wife threw up um, airport sushi on a flight. Oh, but it was pretty self-contained in the little bag. Uh, she never ate airport sushi ever again. I'm talking like you're running, you're running to the bathroom down the aisle, and then it just, and then just coming. yeah. Silva, where's the worst? Where's where's the worst place to throw up than courtside on an NBA basketball court? I think I for I keep thinking about. So I was gonna say uh, in an in the middle of a of, of a flight, um, I'm gonna say maybe waiting uh, to scan your ticket entering the arena. Uh, in the in the That'd massive crowd bad. of people just puking over all over the security guard that's about to check you, all over everyone in line. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Taylor, yeah. where's the worst place to puke than courtside? <laughs> well, uh, look back in my glory days. There was this time back at the uh, fraternity house on the University of Tulsa campus where I may have thrown up enough that I uh, was awoken at one point one night in the men's bathroom. With my forehead leaning on the like one of those big cylinder garbage cans to some like sorority girl waking me up saying, Hey, why are you passed out? It's like three in the morning. You're like passed out on this trash can and um, took me back to like one of the areas to fall asleep. Yeah, I fell asleep and, and puked apparently a lot before that in a uh, fraternity bathroom in a very gross fraternity house. Um, on the University of Tulsa campus. So that would be my. <laughs> That's pretty gross. It was That's bad. Um, I, I have to go with my personal hell, which is someone throwing up in a classroom. Ugh, I've experienced before. Bad. It is awful. Um, it was in the middle of a test. Girl just got up, walked over to the trash can and all over the place. And I'm a, I'm not a sympathy puker, but if I hear Ugh. and I see, and especially if I smell the puke, I'm joining the club. Yeah. I, I can't yep. I can't be a passive observer. I gotta get in on the action. Hey, speaking of puke and the Kings, uh, bringing this full circle, this is what I was looking for. The Kings moved to Sacramento in nineteen eighty five. This is from uh, Wiseman Burner on uh, NBA subreddit. 
They moved to uh, Sacramento in 1985, and since then, they've had 18 different head coaches. Yuck. Of those, Luke Walton was the second highest winning percentage coach. Um, the first being Rick Adelman at 395 and 229 losses. Luke Walton at 68 and 93 losses. Just yep. going through the names, you have uh, Reggie Tooth, Phil Johnson, Gary St. Jean, um, no, Dave Yeager, George Carl, Mike Malone way down there. Some fun mm-hmm. names. Did you, uh, the, the, George, George Carl tweeted about this. He did. I saw that. <laughs> saying that uh, Alvin Gentry was the right move and that Vivek Ranadive, the owner of the Kings, should sell the team. Uh, I think that's probably pretty universally agreed yep. upon. Uh, Kings have missed out on the playoffs for, is it 20 years now? 21 years now? Um, they go through coaches about every two years. I have no doubt that they're going to bring in Alvin Gentry. They will make him interim head coach. Then they will make him the permanent head coach. And in two years, we will be back at this process. Um, it is an organizational um, catastrophe for the second. No wonder fans are throwing up. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> exactly. I throw up if I was a Kings fan. Man, and we know a lot of really nice Kings guys. The guys that run the Kings Pulse podcast, Brendan Nunez, Great, great dude. He's had me on the show multiple times. Those Kings fans don't deserve this crap, man. Like they deserve a a, a franchise that is competent. at least somewhat competent. You know, <laughs> and I feel, I feel bad for Kings fans who have been loyal to that team for so long True. and just have to deal with the mire of bullshit that they've had to deal with. That sucks. Our last one. Back in the day, the process 76ers started 0-18 before winning their first game in the 19th game of the season and make them 1-18. The Rockets are currently at 1-15. Well, they match that process Sixers at 1-18. But I thought the the, Thunder were the black eye of the... uh, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) The Rockets' next three, Boston, Chicago, and Charlotte. Will they sneak a win in there? To get better than the one and eighteen process Sixers start, Nick. Not a chance. You don't think there's a chance one of those teams slips up? The only team that slipped up was a Thunder against them. Even yeah. a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. <laughs> even, a is, even a broke clock is even a broke clock is right twice a day. Here's the thing. I think this is a good example to throw out there for the difference between the Thunder. What the Thunder are doing and what the Rockets are doing. You can get all these like great on paper draft prospects, even if they like aren't like, you know, top five prospects, whatever it may be. And then you can have a culture. Um, you can have your head coach have to s- sit out for a weekend road trip because he's about to have his wife's about Speaking to have a baby. Of, I wonder if his, if the baby's here yet. Nick, he, he better be named Dort. You better be named Dort or Poku. No, in, no insight from Nick on if the baby's Poku, born. Poku Dignall, Dort Dignall. D, double D. Double D. <laughs> Regardless, I think uh, it says a lot about what the Thunder, the, the Thunder culture, their implementation of their systems compared to what the Rockets are doing, yeah, which is two to your point. at two very different spots. To your point, Jacob, throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks. Yep. That's the Rockets. Totally agree. To, to next point, I agree. I don't see how they beat either of the those three teams, Boston, Chicago, or Charlotte. Silva, you think they get one? Hell no. 
<laughs> I hope they get one because we need them to start climbing those tank standings. Fair. We we know hey, how that works. You don't have to be the worst team. That's true. That true. is true. Silva, I've got a take, and then you can fire up our outro music and get us out of here. Okay, cool. For all the hand wringing done after the draft, is JRE already better than Alperin Shingun? Oh yeah. Yep. No. All about it. <laughs> yes. He's played better yes. so far. But without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.